All right, buenos dias, familia. Buenos dias. If you're a father in the room, can you just raise your hand? I just want to see you. I just want to see you. Father's in the room. Okay, I'm going to give this a little clap for you guys. Come on, come on. You know, they say uh, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Is that true? Is that what they say? Um, because of that, we actually have something special only for our fathers out there. And if you're a dude also, I mean, this is kind of for you as well. Um, but at the end of the service, when you walk out, there's going to be this little stand. And it's going to have popsicles in it. But not just any popsicles, but like delicious popsicles from a place called Yanny's. And it's this, like, local ice cream shop, and it's, like, like this Hispanic, Latino kind of ice cream that's so, like, sweet and savory and tasty. And, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah your mouth is watering, isn't it? Oh, I know it is. Uh, and so that's just a little way for us to say thank you and that we love you. Um, we know that Father's Day, just like Mother's Day, can be a celebratory moment. But also sometimes it can be sad because maybe some of us don't have our dad or maybe some of us didn't know our dad or maybe some of us, our dads, are in a, in a nursing home or somewhere else we can't see them. So I totally understand how maybe today can also be a sad day uh, because maybe you don't have your husband who was a dad and all that kind of stuff. And so um, just to kind of liven up the, the moment, liven up the day, we want to just hand out ice cream to our dads and our dudes just because we didn't think it was appropriate to hand you like roses like we did our mothers. So I was like, hey, you get, you get a popsicle instead of a rose. Uh, so I just want to make sure you guys know that. And uh, so as we begin, I just want to continue to share with you guys just some memes that I think are kind of funny that maybe describe your life or my life. And so I'm going to have you guys raise your hand one more time. How many of you would say you just kind of had a rough week? How many would you, would you say, hey, rough week? Okay, thanks for being awesome. Yeah, come on, Aaron, you got to raise your hand. You're at camp. You're at middle school camp. Okay. She was, with, she was with a bunch of middle schoolers. So, okay, okay, you can put your head down. So maybe you felt like this, right? I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, look at that. I'm telling you, that's honestly kind of how I feel right now. Uh, I was in California this past week, and, not, and you might be saying, oh, you said you're in California. How can you feel like that? Well, I was in California this week hanging out with a bunch of pastors, and that's why I felt like that, because I was at the Southern Baptist Convention. And, you know, pastor's talk is just tiring sometimes. Uh, and so I was just hanging out with a bunch of, like, 50- and 60-year-old pastors, and I was like, well, I'm not, okay, whatever. Um, but when I was talking to them, I was actually really encouraged. So, yes, I felt tired, but I was actually encouraged because a lot of them came up to me and they said, Misael, we've been praying for you and your church. And I'm like, how do you, how do you know me and my church? And they're like, well, Chris Wall likes to talk. And I was like, okay, well, that's fine. That's fine. Um, and so they were just telling me how much they were praying for us and how they're excited for us. And you need to know that pastors across the United States are honestly praying for you. Maybe not by name, but praying for you and saying, Lord, do a work right there in that area with that church. Um, and so though I felt like that, I was honestly really encouraged. Um, because they were looking at me and looking at our team and saying, we cannot wait to see what God continues to do through the people of the mission church. Because I think the mission church, La Mission Iglesia, can really teach us. Because there's a lot of people that are looking at us and saying, how in the world are you doing this whole bilingual thing? And I was like, I don't know. We're still trying to figure it out. I was like, so keep praying because there's a lot of things I still need to learn and a lot of things that we still need to learn. Um, and so I just wanted to show that to you uh, because that's kind of how I felt as well. And so, I don't know, maybe you had a, a good week, right? So maybe this was somebody who had a rough week, a tough week. So maybe show of hands, how many of you would say, you know what, I, mean, so I think I had a good week. Like, any show of hands, a good week? 
Okay, that's cool. Okay, more good week people. We have some people dancing in the back. Like, I respect it. I respect it. So let me, let me show you this other meme of this girl who maybe, maybe you felt like her. Where you're like, yes, like, man, I had a good week, finally, because I haven't had a good week in, like, the past two years. Like, this is awesome. And so you're there, like, you're celebrating. You're like, man, I feel like this girl, maybe something amazing happened uh, in your life where you felt like that. Now, I'm going to show you another one, but don't show it yet. Don't show it yet. Hold on. So I'm going to show you another meme of how I felt when I walked in this place and I felt the AC, okay? So here's how I felt. I'm just going to show you, okay? So I walked in, here's how I felt. The suspense. It's the, it's the, it's the kid. There we go. Yes! I was like, dude, that's how I felt. I walked in and I was like, woo, we got some AC in here. Like, come on, let's go. So I don't know if you celebrated your week like that, but... I kind of want to be like that kid where he's just like celebrating all the time. I just kind of love it. I could probably watch that meme for a while. Uh, but that's how I walked in when I, uh, yeah, when I felt the AC. Anybody else felt like that when they felt the AC in here today? Yeah, I know. That was me. If you were here last week, you saw me sweat more than ever in my life. Like we were leading worship and I was just like drenched and just sweat. Okay, so here's another meme. Um, and this is, this is um, how I felt. Okay, so I'm going to show you another meme how I felt. When I found out something really cool, okay, so don't show it yet. Show it after I kind of tell why I would do this. So um, I found out that Aaron Cole and our, and our middle schoolers were at False Creek, and I got news that two, at least two, of our students from here were saved. And I was like, are you serious right now? Like, that is amazing. Like, yeah, come on, come on. I was like, are you serious right now? I was like, do you know how much Aaron has poured into these students and, like, poured her life into them? So I wanted to call up Aaron and say, Aaron, we need to dance. And this is, how I, this is what I wanted to do. I was like, come on. I was like, come on, Aaron. I was like, I was like we need to celebrate some way, somehow, in, in some kind of way. And I, got, I could just, that's how I feel right now. Like, come on. Aaron, you want to do that right now? Okay, we'll do it. Okay, we'll do it later. With no video cameras, please. Nobody video what we're about to do. Um, <laughs> anyway, so... I show you these memes uh, because we have good days, we have bad days, but my goodness, I really do believe we have good days in front of us. Like we're seeing, whether it's a little bit of fruit or a lot of bit of fruit, man, we're, we're seeing good days in front of us. I'm really proud of you. I'm proud of how people are stepping up and saying, okay, Misael, here's how I need to lead. I'm like, yes, please lead because I need you to do that as I'm doing this and I need you to do that. And so I do believe that good days are ahead of us and Good days are ahead of us as a church, and I think we'll continue to see those as we submit together. Like as we submit together and as we humble ourselves together and walk together, we're going to continue to see good days. And I hope to answer the question why. Like why are we going to see good days when we submit together and whenever we humble ourselves together? I hope to answer that question with the scripture that we're going to be in. So we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. And we will start reading in verse 8 in just a little bit. So 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. So as you get there, I just want to give you some context of where we have been and where we're going. So we've been in the series called Submission or Submit or How to Submit or What Does It Mean to Submit, whatever you want to call it. It's really all about submitting. And so in this series, we've been looking at how we must submit, not because we're cool, not because we think we're better than, not because we think we're like the most humble people in the world, but we are called to submit out of reverence for God. 
Like out of reverence for him, we are to submit to one another, submit to the Lord. And then as we've been walking through this passage, we've been seeing how the gospel affects every single relationship that we have. And how we are to submit in different kinds of relationships. So we saw the government, we saw husbands, we saw wives, and we saw husbands and wives again. And I was like, please don't let me preach on husbands and wives again. And so we've been looking at how the gospel affects all of that. And then now when we get to like chapter 3, verse 8 to 12 and beyond, we see that Peter is addressing everybody. So maybe like the past two Sundays, you've kind of like tuned out because you've been like, man, me said, I'm not really married or man, me said, I really don't have a husband or wife or man, me said, like, I really just don't care. Okay, cool, 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 cool. But today, Peter is addressing everyone because he just starts off with like, man, finally, all of you. That's kind of how he starts. And so if you're there at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, let's go ahead and stand up together and we will read God's word. So starting in verse 8, it says this, Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Amen. Amen. You can sit down. So as we look at this passage, I, I just want to remind you of the definition that we've been talking about when it comes to submit, because some of you have been with us the whole time, some of you this is the first time, some of you just kind of forgot, and that's okay. And so the definition of submission that we have, I want to put it on the screen real quick, but here's what it is. Submission is when I yield my will to your will so we will honor God together. That's what it is, that we will yield my will to your will so we will honor God together. Literally, the entire point of submission is to honor God. The entire point is, is not to try to lord over someone or have authority over someone, but it's literally, I'm going to submit myself and you're going to submit yourself so we will honor God together. And then we see this passage and we're just looking at it and you just it honestly just oozes humility. And so I just want to give you just the main idea for us this morning. So the main idea is this, is that humility is active. Humility is active. That's the main idea. So I always say this, but I'm going to say it again. You know, like when you're at lunch and people ask you, hey, like, what did you learn at church today? Well, here's what you can say. You can say, man, humility is active. And then they'll ask you, Okay, what does that mean? You go, I don't know. I just know that humility is active. And so that's the main idea, that humility is active. So I want to keep pointing to that as we look at this passage. Because if you think about humility, it's not something that comes natural to us. So humility is not passive. Humility is, is active. And humility is not something that we possess, but it's honestly as well an action that we have to continue to practice an action that, that we have to practice in our relationship with God, our relationship with non-believers, our relationship with believers, with everybody. And so because it doesn't come natural to us, I just have to say this, 
We're going to be talking about humility, but I'm not perfect at being humble, and neither are you, so let's not pretend. Because the only one who has ever been humble and really the greatest example of humility is Jesus. Like when you look at Philippians chapter 2, that was like the first passage I ever preached in my life. And when you look at it, it says that Jesus humbled himself so much to the point of death on a cross. Like being shamed on a cross. Like no one wanted to hang on a tree. No one wanted to hang on this wood. But Jesus did it for you and for me. And he took the sins of the world on that cross. And he said, man, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to love you. And even though you're unlovable sometimes, but I'm going to love you anyway. And so we see this example of Jesus and how he is the only person who has ever been 100% humble all the time. And so we're going to see that us as believers, our man, our humility needs to be active and we need to practice this this humility. And so how are we going to practice this? Well, I want to point you to verses 8 and 9. So verses 8 and 9, we have our very first point that we have just from this little passage because I sectioned it off in two ways. And so the first point that we see in verses 8 and 9 is this, is that humility practices harmony. Humility practices harmony. That's the first point that we see in 8 and 9. So I want to read this one more time for you. So with this in mind, that humility practices harmony, just listen to this. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. You see, it's actually really funny that, that God would find it fitting to say those things. Because you don't see God saying, hey, you know, don't be like-minded, like hate everybody, you know, don't have compassion. Honestly, just hate one another, like that'd be great. He does not say that. He says the exact opposite because he knows that we have this natural inclination to hate people and to not have compassion and to not be sympathetic and to be divided instead of like-minded. And so when we see this word like-minded, you know, why would God tell us to be like-minded as believers? Because in the context of all this, Peter is talking to the church and the entire church. So he's talking to multiple generations, multiple ethnicities, I mean, maybe even multiple languages at this point. And he's looking at them and saying, be like-minded. And what Peter is saying is, is more so be centered on the same thing. He's not saying, hey, think the same way. He's saying, no, be centered on the same thing. He goes, yeah, maybe you guys come from different places. Maybe you guys have difference of opinions and different stuff. But be centered on the same thing, which is Jesus Christ, who came down for us, who died on the cross, who rose from the grave. Be centered on the same thing. Be like-minded. Don't be easily divided. Man, don't be easily divided. Because it's really easy for us to be divided as human beings. And, and I'll prove it to you, okay? So I'm, I'm going to have some more hand raises here from you guys. So I'm going to give you an option, okay? So, like, how many of you would say you like Taco Bell? Okay. How many of you say you like real tacos rather than Taco Bell? Yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, I can divide a room super easy now. I'm like, you Taco Bell people need to leave. Like, no Taco Bell for you. <laughs> um, okay, how about another one? How about... Um, I'm trying to see how to do this. Okay, raise your right hand if you like IHOP and raise your left hand if you like Waffle House. Let's see it. IHOP, Waffle House. Okay, we have some people with both hands. Okay, you are really divisive now. Really divisive now. Okay, I get you, I get you. Okay, how about, how about one more? How do you say it? Do you say caramel 
or caramel? Oof, we have some caramel in here too. Okay, okay, okay. I say, I say both. Depends on the situation. Um, <laughs> just trying to keep it easy. Um, but man, we are so easily divided. So easily divided in so many things. And sometimes we get caught up in being divided in the simplest of things. Like in the things that we probably shouldn't be like hurtful about or something we shouldn't be hateful about. We are so divided. Like I told you, I just came back from a whole convention of a bunch of pastors and pastors talk. And I'm like, why are these pastors so divided? Like, stop it. Like, let's be centered on the same thing. And so that's, that's what I'm advocating for. And that's what Peter's advocating for, saying, let's be, let's be on the same team. Let's be like-minded. And sure, we're going to have differences, but don't let these differences divide us. But how about we let these differences enrich the life of the church, enrich the work of the church. Like, let's use our different abilities and different giftings for the Lord and for us to be on the same team. And because of this humility, man, we, we can be unified. And then I want you to think of Jesus' words, because this is literally what Jesus prayed for for believers. So in, in John, here's what I love, verse 20 it says this, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So this is Jesus' prayer, that we would be one, that we would be like-minded, that we'd be centered Man, on the main thing of Jesus and Jesus alone. And so we see this call to humility, but this call to, to humility is also this call to harmony. And you might be asking, okay, Misad, what is, what is harmony? What does that look like? We'll see this harmony is, is pursuing each other with intentionality of saying, man, I want to make sure I'm at peace with you. I want to make sure I know you. I want to make sure you know that I love you. And sometimes, like, we can... We can look at a church and we can say, you know what, like they all go to the same church, but maybe there's not a lot of harmony that's happening. Maybe there's some dis, disharmony and, and not like the absence of, of harmony, not like, oh man, they hate each other. But like, I'm talking about maybe people walk in and they say, it, it looks like these people like wave at each other, but they don't know each other. Like, like there's no harmony in this place. And I'm just thinking, like, if there's not any harmony in the church, like, where else are we going to expect harmony? Like, if there's not harmony in the church out of humility and reverence for Christ, where else are we going to find it? Because what's so beautiful about the church is that we can be centered on the main thing of Jesus, and that unifies us so much. Like, where else do you see a multi-generational, like, setting like this, other than maybe a sports game? I mean, there's not a lot of other places in this world that multiple generations, multiple ethnicities, multiple languages come together saying, yeah, I profess Jesus as Lord, and I need him every single day. And so let's walk in that, walk in harmony and in humility, because that's glorifying to the Lord, that's honoring to the Lord. And living in harmony is, is not a passive thing either. It's an active thing. It's something that we have to continue to pursue and continue to be intentional with. And so as the mission church, man, I just want to say, let's be like-minded. Man, let's pursue harmony and humility. And I just want to take a moment and just kind of challenge you. Can I do that? Just kind of like challenge a little bit. I want you to just look around the room right now. 
just like look around like just across. Like don't feel awkward, just kind of turn your head, okay? Did you see somebody that you don't know their name? I would guess so probably. I want to just challenge you. Let's be the church. Because like let's just, let's just be straight up, okay? We're not that big. Let's, let's not pretend like we're like a big church right now. There is no excuse for us to not know each other's names. Like, let's live in harmony. Let's, let's be like-minded. And let's, in humility, pursue this harmony that says, you know what? I want to be intentional to approach you, even though it's awkward because we're a different age, or even because it's awkward because I don't know your language, or even because it's awkward because you don't look, at, look, look like me. Man, let's, let's pursue that harmony together. So whenever a non-believer comes through our doors, they walk in and they go, oh, crap. Can I, can I say that? Oh, man. Wow, these people, they like actually love each other. They're actually like in harmony and they don't look like each other. Like that guy has a hat on on stage. Like that's crazy. What's going on right now? Man, I just, I just long for people to come in here and to say that and to say, Misael, I don't know what's going on here, but I want to be a part of it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what's going on either, but I'm a part of it too. And let's, let's be a part of it together. So we see this whole being like-minded, and the next thing we see is be sympathetic. Be sympathetic. When we think about being sympathetic, I want you to think of this, of like seeking to understand somebody's point, seeking to understand somebody's side. And we have to be sympathetic because Jesus was sympathetic with us. Like Jesus didn't look at us and say, man, that sucks, and then walked away. No, no, Jesus came and said, hey, like, I understand, like, I've been there, like, come on, let me walk with you. Because I think a lot of times, us, when we think about being sympathetic, we just think about just kind of like, you know, giving a thumbs up. But sympathy is one of those things that's intentionally, like, assisting, intentional action with someone and for someone. And here's how I think we sometimes think of, of sympathy, okay? So I'm going to give you just a little example. Here's how we treat people with, like, sympathy, Okay. So imagine someone is playing basketball or football or soccer, and they, like, they're like running, and then they break their ankle, okay? And imagine like you run up to them, and you go, hey, did you know that three out of ten people who play sports like break their ankles? <laughs> the person with their ankle is going to be like, do you really think I want to know that right now? Like, that is not what I need from you. Like, my ankle is literally dangling. And there's a lot of times that's how we sympathize with people. Instead of going up to them and saying, man, I bet you're in pain. I'm just going to be present. Like, I'm just going to be here with you. You probably don't want me to talk to you. You probably don't need anything from me. But I'm going to make sure you know that you are not alone. Like, that's being sympathetic. Being sympathetic is saying, I am with you. Because that's what Jesus has said to us. He says, I am with you. I am with you to the end of the age. I am eternal. I will never leave you. I'm going to forsake you. Man, I am present. So we can acknowledge the hurt in people. We can acknowledge them and love them, which is actually the next thing that we see. Right? We're in this whole aspect of, of humility, what well, says to love one another. When we look at Romans 12.10, I want you to write that down, Romans 12.10. It says, be devoted, be devoted to one another in what? In love. Honor one another above yourself. And that's what it is to love one another. Be devoted to one another and honor one another above yourself. 
again, we see this whole aspect of that we have to be intentional. We have to be active. We can't be passive. Like humility practices harmony, and that is active, active, active. And so in our relationships with other people, again, Peter is talking to all people right now of all different uh, places. He's looking at them and saying, man, love one another. Like, don't pretend, don't be fake, but actually love one another. And so I kind of took the challenge of thinking of two questions. Like, what are two questions that I could ask ask someone that maybe I, I don't know or someone maybe I'm not loving well enough? So two questions I thought of was like, what if I asked myself or asked the other person, like, how can I love you better? Like, how can I love them better? Maybe I'm not doing um, a good job at that. So how can I love them better? And then the second question is this, well, how can I, how can I love them like the best? Like, how can, how can I love them the best right now? Because maybe they need me to love them a different way right now than tomorrow. Like maybe right now I just need to be present and then tomorrow I can talk to them. But how can I love them right now? How can I love you right now? And the reason I ask those questions is because when you think about Jesus, like Jesus loved those people that were unlovable. Jesus loved those people that other people said, hey, they're unlovable. And then Jesus loved the people who were saying that. So he loved both the unlovable, per se, and the ones who said they're unlovable. He he loved all people, and he loves all people. And the crazy cool thing about the love of Jesus is that the love of Jesus meets you right where you're at. I don't know, like, where you're at in life right now and what that looks like, but he his love is so powerful that it meets you right where you're at. And you know that, that saying that love makes you do crazy things? Well, when the love of Jesus meets you right where you're at, and you're like, wow, like, I've never experienced a love like this. The love of Jesus is so powerful that it makes you do crazy things. You know what crazy things it makes you do? It, it makes you sit down and read your Bible for a, a period of time. In my opinion, that's kind of crazy because I don't like reading. And so it's like, that's crazy. You know what else it makes you do? It, it makes you do this crazy thing called, like, like, sitting down and closing your eyes and praying. Like, it, it, you're like, man, like, the love of Jesus compare, like, compels me to pray to him and and. Pray for other people. The love of Jesus compels me to love my enemies, which that's crazy. Like, that's not natural. It makes you do crazy things like sing. Like, how many of you don't like singing, but, like, we're up here, like, singing worship songs, and you're like, (laughs) oh, this is crazy. I'm raising my hand. (laughs) What's happening? But the love of Jesus makes us do some crazy things. It makes us move across the country to go on mission for life. It, it makes us go to camp with a bunch of middle schoolers. It makes us go across the street and talk to neighbors. The love of Jesus compels us to make, you know, tamales and cookies for, you know, the, an event. It makes us want to hang out with people that we don't know. I mean, the love of Jesus makes, <laughs> makes us do some crazy things. The love of Jesus is powerful. And what I love is that, you know, the love of Jesus makes us a family. It makes us familia. And I get it. In every family, there's a crazy uncle, okay? So there's a crazy uncle in this room. And if you don't think there is, it's probably you, okay? 
It's probably you if you don't think there's a crazy uncle in here. But it makes us even love the crazy uncle. And so, so then it leads us to be, be compassionate. That we are to be compassionate and humble. You see, when we think about Jesus, when you think about Matthew uh, 936, you see that Jesus was like walking and he, like, he sees this group of people and he's like, man, I, I have compassion on them. Like I, I just, man, I love them. And I'm like, man, I just, I want to do something with them and for them. And, and I want them to know me. I want them to know the love that I have, the grace that I have. He had compassion on them. Even Jesus on the cross, these people that are spitting on him, even though these people that are like throwing insults at him, he had compassion. He goes, even though they're doing that, man, I love them. And I want them to know my grace and my mercy. And, and I want them to experience who I am. When we look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, and that's another verse I want you to write down. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. It says, be completely humble and gentle, bearing with one another in love. If humility really practices harmony... We should seek the best for one another, not the worst. Like, we should have patience with one another. Like, this whole aspect of be compassionate, it's really talking about, like, having a tender heart for people. Like, having a tender heart for one another in this room. Having a tender heart for those who are in our community. Having a tender heart for those who you, who you don't understand, but you see. And instead of having, like, this pity or instead of being like, wow, that sucks. No, you have compassion, and that actually draws you to them. It draws you to them and says, man, I just want you to experience the love of Jesus. I just, I see you and I just want to humble myself and just sit at the table with you. And here's why I say that. There's a, there's a teenager who's about 18 years old. And uh, this teenager did some, like one of the craziest things I think I've ever seen a teenager do. And that was email. Like this teenager emailed me. And I said, that's crazy. I was like, if you're going above and beyond to email me, something, something must be up. So I get this email from a teenager, and he goes, Misaid, like, I'm a, I'm a Christian, but I've been really questioning my faith. And, man, I've been really, like, battling with, like, my gender. And Misaid, I just feel like religion and Christianity has been, like, shoved down my throat. Like, all of these things in this email. And I was like, oh, dude, like, okay, let's, let's meet. Let's hang out. And so... We go to this coffee shop, and, and we sit down, and he's, he's sitting in front of me, and he's, like, shaking. And so he's, like, talking for, like, 10 minutes, just, like, shaking. And I just said, hey, man, hold up. I said, why are you shaking? And he goes, well, I don't know. Like, every time I just tell people, like, the stuff that I'm, like, questioning and dealing with, like, they just want to, like, they just want to argue with me, and they just want to, like, tell me stuff, and they just want to, like, it just feels like they want to attack me. And I was kind of leaning back in my chair, and I said, I said, man, have I given you any indication that I want to fight you or attack you or, or like, argue with you? He's like, no. And I said, okay, I'm not going to do that. I said, you just keep on talking. He proceeded to talk for the next two hours. It was insane, yeah. And he was just telling me all of this stuff and all the hurt that he had and how, like, he 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 really felt like his parents used Christianity and the Bible to manipulate him and to do all these things. But every time he had shared that with someone, nobody met him with humility and compassion and sympathy and love. They always, they always met him with fighting words 
with retaliation. And for the first time ever, he sat there and said, wow, someone actually just like wants to listen. And I don't share that story to say, oh, look at me. But I share that story to say, no, like (laughs) there are moments that we just need to have compassion and be present and not try to shove things down people's throats, but just say, hey, I love you and I hear you. And I'm still meeting with this guy and uh, this guy, he, he looked at me and he said, you know, man, thank you because like literally weeks ago, I was thinking about like taking my life because I didn't think anyone would understand. And he goes, but you listen and understand. And I was like, dude, bro. I said, I love you, man. I love you. I said, and Jesus loves you. I said, so let's keep talking. Like, let's keep hanging out. And so when I look at scripture like this, when I look at verses 9 to 12, as we continue, like, I just want to read it, where it says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Like, this guy that I just told you about was technically insulting Christianity, was technically insulting God. But I just listened. Because it says, on the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you are called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Then verse 10 says, For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. Which is just showing us that like it is beneficial for us to have self-control with our words. Because our words are powerful. And I have self-control and to, to be able to handle the situations right because verse 11 says they must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And all right there can be summarized in one statement. That humility practice hol- practices holiness which is really the second point, but I'm just going to leave it there. That humility practices holiness, that we seek peace, we pursue it. That we are the people who turn away from sin and turn to the Lord. That we are the people who say, okay, God, the taste of grace is much sweeter than the taste of sin. So I'm going to walk towards you and walk towards you. And and, and yeah, I'll probably fail But I'm going to keep walking towards you, walking towards you. And as we walk towards the Lord, here's what's really cool. Is as we seek him, I think we also can seek harmony. And that's actually the big application for us this morning. Is to seek harmony. And so to end, I just want to tell you another story real quick. Um, So I got here practically two years ago, which is crazy to think about. Um, and so two years ago, do you guys remember when we were, when we were uh, doing the food distribution? Like we were giving away boxes of food. And if you weren't here, that's kind of what we did two summers ago, kind of during COVID. And um, when we were doing that, I was really new. I was meeting a lot of people. Like I didn't know my left from my right because I was just like so tired and like, ah, what's up? Well, apparently something happened between me and this gentleman and like he got mad at me, but I had no idea. 
And so this gentleman for two years was so mad at me and held such a big grudge against me, but I had no idea. I was like, I literally have no clue that this guy technically has so much against me. And it wasn't until literally, I'll probably say a couple months ago, that another pastor came to me and said, hey, do you know that this guy's a problem with you? And I said, yeah, I have no clue. And so that pastor got this gentleman and brought him to me and said, hey, we need to seek some harmony real quick. And so the gentleman sat in front of me and said all the things of what I did wrong and why he was mad at me. And I looked at him and I said, sir, I am so sorry. I said, I'll be honest with you, I don't remember that whole year. Uh, It was so crazy. I said, and if I did hurt your feelings, man, I really do apologize. It was not my intention, like that's not me. I said, but I would love to just kind of get past this um, in love, seek peace, seek restoration and move forward. Like I would love to seek harmony. And he was like, yeah, let's do that. I said, awesome. And I said, next time, if you ever have a grudge with me or someone else, will you go to them? Like, like, will you go like the next week at least? Like, sure, you can take a week to kind of like prepare your mind and your heart, but will you go to them and seek harmony? Because when I, when I read scriptures like this, I'm like, I don't want anything to like hinder my prayers. I don't want anything to like hinder my relationship with the Lord. So I just, I just want to encourage you, like, like, don't let your grudge against someone hinder that man. So like, seek it out. And so my encouragement is like, if there's someone in here that you've had a grudge on for a long time, like, will you go to them and say, hey, I just have something to say. Like, here's what happened. I love you, but I just need you to know. If that's with me, if that's with someone else, man, I think we should welcome that. Or if there's someone in your family who has done you wrong or someone that, that you know that's done you wrong, man, I wanna, I wanna advocate and encourage you to seek harmony to go to them and say, hey, I believe in Jesus and I believe in restoration and I believe that I need to seek out the harmony and humility because we're believers. Like, let's be like-minded, compassionate, uh, humble. And so that's what I hope from this scripture that we get, that we would seek harmony. So let's go ahead and pray together and go to the Lord and we'll continue to worship. Lord, in this moment, I'm so grateful just for all the things that we've been able to study together as a church. Lord, thank you that when your word talks about husbands and wives, it's applicable. But thank you that you take a moment and say, finally, all of you, this is, this is what we need to do. So, Lord, thank you that your word is for all of us. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you so much that you have shown your mercy and your grace towards us when we didn't deserve it. So Lord, right now, I pray that if there's someone in here who needs to seek harmony with you, Lord, that they would do that. Lord, if someone needs to to seek the love of Jesus, that they would know that the love of Jesus has already met them exactly where they're at. God, I pray that your, your your word would refresh us to continue moving forward in this church, in this community. God, we need you. And we know that you're moving. (laughs) I'm so pumped. 
But Lord, encourage us to continue to walk, to fight, to pray, to love. To do those crazy things in love that you've asked us to do. I pray all this in Jesus' name.